This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. We're right now through January 18th, and of course, everyone's always encouraged to check in at zupans.com to see what's going on there from product availability to sale prices. And right now, I don't know if you've noticed, Court, but I've noticed chicken is not what it used to be in terms of price. And now you can save almost half on Draper Valley Ranger boneless, skinless chicken breasts, only $4.99 a pound right now. They're free range and air chilled, and that's a really good deal. And while you're at it, of course, no one's got a better meat department or seafood department than um, than Zupans, and that leads us also to their produce. I'm an orange guy. It's kind of my favorite fruit, I think, other than maybe some peaches and blueberries, but January is always the month I remember having my first incredible oranges when I lived in California, and now heirloom oranges are in for 99 cents a pound at Zupans. And by the way, on their site, that's right next to wild coho salmon fillets uh, as well. Man, something for everybody. You're talking about uh, oranges. How about the Sumo Citrus? Those are those really large, uh, easy to peel. They've kind of, I don't know, they look like an orange, but they've got a little nub on on top. Chris, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, they look like mini pumpkins with little pumpkins on top of them. That's exactly what they look like. Easy to peel. They're seedless. They're juicy. They're exceptionally sweet. And they have arrived because, as Chris pointed out, uh, winter citrus is is always the best. So stop by your local Zupans. And we can never not uh, uh, highlight the fact that if you've got like an event going on, maybe a little get together, a, a small amount of people, right? Because we're still in in covid times uh if you're looking to put together a charcuterie board uh they've got all the stuff for that and they even have a guide on their website that can can you help you figure out what you need to have so if you've never done it before zupans makes it easy for you well that's at zupans.com or any one of three locations that's west burnside macadam or lake oswego All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelis from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. Hello. Hello, Chris. How are you doing this morning on this? You know, the the weather is very schizophrenic. Am I allowed to even say that? Is that politically incorrect to use that term? Uh, it may be in a couple of years. That'll be a no-no. But right now, I have not seen any sort of campaign to... Uh, stop the usage of that term yeah well it's just it's unbelievable how much we have to think about now but at any rate it's uh it's raining today yesterday was gorgeous so and this weekend is supposed to be a nice weekend so um again people aren't tuning into this for the weather report especially when they're listening into the archives it means nothing i think you and i should have a meeting and discuss that perhaps we shouldn't even talk about the weather anymore Sure. Maybe this maybe this is the meeting. Chris, yes, oftentimes exactly. we'll take care of business right here on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, all right. Let it be noted. And henceforth, no more weather talk. Okay. And if it happens, we'll just have to, I don't know what we'll do to the, to the um, perpetrator on that. So. Oh, there we go. Some sort of punishment? Is that what you're yeah, thinking? So, yeah, well, I don't necessarily. Pie in the face? That's the kind of thing that I'm into, but right. just to dissuade us from sure. doing it. Right. 
Um, you know, we kind of went away from the uh, the three strikes on the word amazing in the podcast, and we ended the podcast, which we I think we did it once. But we used to mention that because the word amazing is just thrown out there all the time. It doesn't mean anything anymore except for the fact that people want to emphasize something. So I think a lot uh, of it, Chris, had to do with the fact we moved to remote recording and that itself became a challenge on its own. So this idea of, you know, getting after somebody for using a word, you know, after all that, you know, just to get them to, you know, right. to record, we're good. We're good. You can say whatever you want. Right, and I'm also going to say, with regard to the weather, we used to be in a studio with no windows, sure. so it wasn't a thought when we started recording, other than that which we endured to get into the studio. Now, I'm looking, right now, I'm looking right out outside, you know, and I see it all, so that's probably why it comes up. Sure. Um, so, but what's more, most important, and I think maybe you want to move this right up front, is that we've changed our release date uh, we've been we started out actually on Wednesdays years ago, and then we moved to Thursdays and now starting in 2022 We decided it would be best to move to Friday releases. So that's why we're not late this week people We're on time because we're gonna start we started last week releasing on Fridays and uh, We thought it gives us a little extra time to get interviews done get right. editing done during the week um, because, uh, you know, it's a little tougher to get guests these days for whatever reason. Yeah, it's not a strategic move at all. I mean, there is some research behind best days of the week to release podcasts. We're not thinking about it that way in any way. It's how much time do we have to get a guest and do an interview? And how much time do I have to take the interview and, and edit it and get it ready to distribute? Well, and the fact is we've gotten it done with a Thursday deadline, or actually a Wednesday late deadline for years, but it just dawned on me last week when we were scrambling to get something done, I thought, why don't we just give ourselves an extra day? Sure. And it, I think it's gonna make, I, I hope it makes a difference, um, but it'll make a difference in our lives and scrambling, considering Wednesdays were always tough for you, so. Um, oh yeah, no, if we, if we can avoid the scramble, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, so, and I like to do things in a peaceful, easy manner. I'm not a, you know, I had an ad agency for years that that did very well, but one of the reasons it did well is I didn't have a lot of deadlines. If something didn't get done, uh, I mean, we obviously had to submit some creative at a certain point, but I, oh, generally, we weren't doing sales, put it that way, that right. had to be done that minute. So, um, at any rate, um, we are doing sales a little bit now because we have to get these episodes churning. And we're happy that we're on our ninth year of, of churning out podcasts. Unbelievable, Court. Um, if you would have told us back in 2013 when we first started talking about doing this podcast, I, would, I wasn't even very familiar with podcasts then, and nobody was, um, that we'd be doing year nine, we'd be on episode 301, and that does not account for all the ancillary episodes that we did in for many years. So I would guess we're actually on episode somewhere around 400 fresh new podcasts in our archives that we encourage you to go back and listen to. It's kind of interesting. Many of our guests are not around any longer in the uh, industry. Some still are, but I mean, in eight years, a lot has happened, especially in the last two. 
But that brings us to this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it doesn't get any bigger than this. I think this was probably the probably the biggest shock of of all the movement in 2021. Um, the the Paley's being done with all of their restaurants. Right. And I, I, I can't say I was shocked. I was I was had mixed feelings when I saw the news. Of course, I felt bad. But on the other hand, the Paley's, as they explain in this podcast, were, you know, had been doing what they've been doing for many, many years. They'd accomplished so much. There really wasn't much left in terms of accomplishments um, for them, especially, you know, you're talking about two people who started their their adult lives as a dancer and a concert pianist. So there's a little, there's there are goals involved there and competition and, you know, thrive, uh, uh, striving to thrive. And uh, so they had done so much over their years, and they'll explain in the podcast why they decided to finally shut down Paley's Place. Over the past two years in the pandemic, they, sh- uh, they had to shut down their hotel-based restaurants because nobody was in the hotels. Those were shut down for the most part, and nobody was downtown where Imperial Headwaters, Rosa Rosa, and Crown Pizza were. So they shut those down, they got back to what they built first and made their names on, and um, Paley's Place was doing pretty well through the pandemic. So I won't give out any spoilers, I want people to listen to this episode, but we talk about the moment they decided to close it, how that came about, the, what they talked about in advance of that, and uh, what they're doing now. Um, what we didn't hear is we started... Um, we had a little technical error, and it's fine. But um, when we first, when I first opened with on our uh, digital studio with them, Kimberly was saying how wonderful it was, and what a pleasure it was to be able to enjoy a cup of coffee with her husband. And I think it was like eleven o'clock in the morning. So that's something they haven't been able to do. He had always been gone to the restaurant to do what he ever he did, whether it was prepping or overseeing his restaurant. And Kimberly would show up later, but she was alone in the morning before that. Now they're together, and we'll talk about uh, what they plan on doing with their lives, uh, as much of a plan as they want to, as they want to uh, come up with at this point. And uh, my favorite part was we got to talking about uh, love, and the reason I bring that up is, of course, they've been together a long time. But they've also been working really closely in massively stressful situations. And to be able to come through that and still look at each other with wonderfully googly eyes, which you can't see on the podcast, but I can tell you that so many times Vitaly would look over at Kimberly and uh, you could just tell how much he loved her. And you can hear it in his responses as well. So, uh, and hers. So, um, Court, do you have offhand the first episode, the number that we, um, of the podcast that we recorded with them back in, I think it was 2014. It was the first year. Yeah, it was episode uh, 25. If you recall from our conversation about this in last week's episode where we shared clips from the past eight years, um, it was during our couples month. We were doing a themed month of couples and uh, they came in at uh, number 25, both uh, Kimberly and Vitaly. Coming in at number 25. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I'd say they're coming in at number one. They were always... 
they were always the stand-up people in my book. And also, one of the most important uh, aspects of their run with their restaurants is the number of extremely talented people, front of the house, back of the house, that went through that kitchen, that learned from the Paley's. Uh, back of the house, of course, cooking from Vitali and lots there, and of course, some of the best uh, front of the house people in Portland went through there under the tutelage of Kimberly Paley, and of course, they know hospitality. Um, and so, um, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their lives. I, don't, I can't see them sitting around drinking coffee and, and looking at the birds. So, uh, that's not going to happen. I think we're going to hear what's next in their lives. I don't know about professionally, but I'm sure that something will come up as a great hobby, as a really serious hobby for both of them, or hobbies. Um, or, I, you know, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing what happens. And uh, it's a sad time when you think of restaurants that are not open now that we've always thought of as Hallmark restaurants in Portland. Definitely. So we're honored to be able to have the only interview with the Paley's. At least that's what Vitaly told me. He didn't plan on doing any more interviews. Um, but really a, a treat to be able to uh, catch up with them and have them agree to come on. I didn't twist any arms. Um, so really nice to hear from them and be able to chat in their delightful kitchen where um, they've been cooking alone. They haven't been going out since they closed the restaurant in late November, right after Thanksgiving. You'll hear how that all came about and what they're doing. This is Vitaly and Kimberly Paley and hopefully not the last time we hear from them in the interview we agreed to check in a year later. So. Let's put that on our calendar court to make sure that happens. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. And by... Portland Food Adventures. Join our host, Chris Angelis, and his colleague, Austri Enzyme, next September for a wildly delicious adventure through Western Sicily. Palermo, Marsala, and lots in between. Book now to make sure you don't miss the best of Sicily. Since 2015, PFA has been taking Portlanders on incredible journeys with Portland chefs and artisans to Europe and beyond. Check out the trips tab at portlandfoodadventures.com for Sicily, Spain, and more. Or contact Chris through the website right now while you're listening to the podcast. You know, your hair hasn't grown since we were on the last... No. Uh, you no. just got it cut yesterday. It's shaved off. Yeah, no, my That's hair That's pretty is, short. Yeah, That's well... pretty short. The, the, way I, the way I do it is when, when I have to brush it, it's too long, so I got to cut it. <laughs> are, you pay, are you paying a lot for that cut? No. 40 bucks, and it's been 40 bucks for the past... 20 years. Well, it's 30. It's four, but yeah, something it's 40 like that. To sh it's 40 just to shave your head? Yeah. 30, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how much of it goes to tip and how much of it just 
Right. But do, you're, you know, you're on a, you're retired now for, and you're going to have to watch your pennies. I think I'm on, I'm on fixed income. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just saw I don't have any income uh, at the moment. Yeah. There's plenty of ads for the thing that will just do it within 15 seconds yourself. I would go with that. So I, I, I um, from, from an old hair salon uh, that used to be down below us in the attic, I was cleaning it up probably about 10 years ago. I found this little pouch of like, Hair clippers, and it came in handy. No, it came in handy during the the pandemic uh, haircutting. You know, I, I've you probably seen me. I posted a little short snippet on Instagram of Kimberly trying to cut my hair, and I'm, and I'm sitting there clearly not happy. I think I remember that. Well, my girlfriend has been cutting my hair since the pandemic, and I am. I just thought about it the other day, and I thought, I'm I'm never going to want to pay again. And and so that's one reason we have to keep the relationship going. So I can huh. so I can continue get to get haircuts. Haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's listening to this. I hope she's laughing too because I was just. So thank you so much for joining us here, or me, whoever it might be. Kodak somewhere in the background, um, but uh, I really appreciate it. I have been thinking. You know, I, I have two sides. There's the I love Kimberly and Vitaly side and they're my friends and I don't want to bother them. And then I sort of have an obligation to the podcast to at least ask. So um, I really appreciate your saying yes, because I fully expected that it was quite possible. You'd say, no, we're in the private sector now. We don't feel like doing this. <laughs> the thought did cross our minds, but you know, <laughs> fr friendships are important. Uh, and and more, more than ever, they're important, I think. We're all about friendships. We're all about relationships. And, and those will never go away. The business. That's true. Goes, but the other stuff stays. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it's really not uh, it's not about me here. It's I was thinking this morning about all the love and relationships that you have found since you started Paley's Place in the 90s. Just I'm sure you've had time to reflect, but that's a lot of people that you've touched and that have gotten to know you and know you in different ways. I mean, you have, certainly have a lot of people in the industry who know you, but the number of people who came through the doors at Paley's Place and Imperial and, and Headwaters and uh, all your ventures, uh, those are the people I'm glad get to hear you now. I am, you, you, we're gonna sit down and have dinner sometime, I hope, but I'm really glad that people are gonna, you know, I had a really nice conversation with Kimberly about a month before you closed the doors. And we can't recreate that, but she said such wonderful things about how you got to this decision. Um, I thought it would be nice for everybody to hear it. They've read it. You know, people have been writing about your closing. Um, but so why don't you share a little bit, if you can, with the process, maybe the moment that you looked at each other and said, this may be the time. You know, if we can bring us into your, wherever you were at that moment, how that how that took place and how you got to the moment where you decided to close Paley's place. We're, we're sitting at the very same table when this thought came to mind, but I'll let Kimberly take it, take it from there because I think she can describe the moment better. Um, okay, let's go back. Um, it was probably a couple months now ago, um, and we have never been busier. We're all healthy. The staff is amazing. We're all connected. It's been our COVID bubble 
for close to two years through takeout, through figuring things out. It was a process to survive, as we all know, in the restaurant industry, getting creative and, and finding other solutions to stay afloat. And we were, and it was working and humming and just flying. And it was a Sunday at this table, as Vitaly said, um, where we're wiped out because we're working all the time. And I turned to him and I woke up that morning, turned to him, um, sipping my tea. And I said, with a kind of a shaky voice, a little emotional, exhausted. Uh, and I said, Vitaly, my love, I, I, I have some clarity and I want to tell you, I think we should do our Thanksgiving like we normally do, do November 25th on Thursday, do our 26th Friday, do the 27th Saturday and stop, just shut down and stop. I'm, I, um, and I want to market the restaurant. I want to sell the building. We own it. So I said, I really want to do that. And I got a you know, little emotional and I kind of took a breath. And he paused for a second and then he looked at me and said, so do I. Bingo, just like that. And then I was like, wow, okay. So it was very clear. Um, I didn't know how. We're probably idiots because most people in a business, as we all know, you first market your building, you sell it, you get some bites, you figure things out financially, and then you shut down and, and close. Well, we did the opposite and it was just so clear to stop. So, so clear to stop. And so we immediately had a meeting on Monday or Tuesday with our staff, an all staff meeting, um, the group that we've been with during this whole time. And we let them know that we want to, we hadn't said anything yet to anybody, um, that we really wanted to close Paley's. And people were crying. Uh, I won't say, oh, it was really intense. Our, I had no idea our staff was going to be so emotional. And everyone's healthy. And I said, we're all rocking, doing well. You guys are making money and doing well. Let's go out on a high. Let's stay healthy and go out on a high. These are our dates um, that we're thinking. And if we market the building and you guys see people walking around the space, it, we don't want to tiptoe around you. We're very transparent and honesty has kept us afloat all these years. And we wanted to go out that way. So Boom. That's how it happened. And the bummer was somebody, not our staff, uh, 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 somebody leaked it to the Oregonian, which is fine. That's the media. Um, and they wanted to post it right away. I think that Monday evening and we're like, hey, we haven't even spoken to our tenant, um, our wonderful hair salon um, downstairs. Give us a minute. Let me try to find it was a Monday. It's shut down. It's closed on Mondays throughout the day. I tried, tried, tried reaching her and um probably about nine or 10 phone calls. She calls me because she's freaking out seeing all these phone calls. Is everything okay? And then I just let her know what's happening. She has another year left on her lease, how much we respect and care for her and value her and want her to stay on board. And she's like, I have no intention on going anywhere. We were really amazing to her during this whole COVID time, opening and closing and opening and closing. And she had much gratitude for that. And then we spoke back to the, um, the press and said, well, this is what's happening. Do your thing. I mean, I can't stop that from coming out. So we filled up. That was the other thing that night, Tuesday, <clears throat> our restaurant on Resi, um, my, my day operations manager, amazing woman, Sarah uh, called me and said, KP, the Resi's blowing up. Everything's booked, everything, what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And I said, stop Resi, just shut it down. Just stop it. 
wait till I get to work and we'll look at the platform and see what we can do. And everything got booked between that Tuesday till November 27th. Wow. So uh, is this everything? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be in that room, but is this something that you, this couldn't, I think you're going to say yes, but it couldn't have come out of complete left field. You must have throughout the pandemic had conversations and said, all right, do we want to keep going with this? And this was not a pandemic related decision, but somewhere along the line, you had to say, we have to make a, you know, should we make a choice at some point? This couldn't have come out of left field when you mentioned it to Vito and he'd never heard about it before. I have to tell you, it came out of left heat field where he never heard it before. During the pandemic, all we cared about was working and trying to make it work. So we weren't considering conceiving closing. It, it was like, okay, we've been through, we've had 9-11, we've had the market crash, we've had, you know, obviously in all the industries, <clears throat> in the not just the restaurant, but everywhere, there's been challenges and and but we tend to face them. And how do we make this work? Not what do we do? How do we No. How do we make this work in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity? I didn't say that Einstein said that in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. The tally has this size, big poster, and it's above um, chef's desk upstairs. And mm. once in a while, I refer to that. And, and this was, so yeah. So you just you so, but I, I guess I'm not going to make you say it. But somewhere along the line, you know, go back to 1993. You know, did you ever have you had a plan? Did you ever have a discussion of your plan? Maybe you know, way in the future, this is when how we're going to close, and this is when we're going to close. But all you you couldn't have actually seen it as it occurred because at one point you had your hotel restaurants and this. So, you know, that wasn't, the, everything changed in the last two years. So. I, I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to add to it if yeah. I could. I think, I think over the past couple of years, we all had some time to reflect on lives, on our lives. And I think all of us put a lot of the things that we do under a microscope, try to get mm -hmm. out of the spin cycle and really understand what we're doing now and what the future could be. But COVID made it very difficult for us to plan anything for the future. So we learn how to live day by day. And I think the uncertain times, most human beings have this reaction of trying to finalize the uncertainty, trying to do something to change it, but we can't. And I think, and I think learning how to like understand how to be in the moment uh, made it easier for us to to continue day by day. I, I, I would I would be lying if I said COVID had nothing to do with this closure. <laughs> oh, it had a lot. It had a lot to yeah. do with this closure, but it also had a lot to do with our closure of downtown restaurants. <clears throat> we are still processing mentally and physically and emotionally what what has transpired to us and to our downtown properties. Um, but we never had time to grieve. We never had time to sit down and understand it because Paley's place was all we could, uh, all we could think about because it was important for us that Paley's was our first. Paley's is our mothership. It cannot go out uh, the same way everybody else is going out. We have to make sure that this stays. And if we do go out, we go out on our terms. Um, if this was Kimberly and I said this before, we're at a point in our lives where if this was 10 years ago, we'd fight through this, we'd continue fighting through this, we'd be in a different situation. But as we have, 
you know, we, we've lived on this planet, I think, more than we will live on this planet. And I think there's there's time for time to reflect and time to plan for the future. And at this point, our future is just us. It doesn't include Bailey's Place anymore. To your point, Chris, if anything makes sense, <clears throat> COVID did bring to mind our lives and our health. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm a 60 plus years old. Vito's what, 57, 58. And I'm like, huh. If I, ha- if I have a great 30 more years left, I, I want to hang with my husband. I, I haven't. I mean, I haven't had Christmas Eve. I haven't had a Thanksgiving. I haven't had any in 26 years since owning babies. And I thought, wow, you know, I, maybe it's selfish, but I wanted this to be a priority. And it's always been our staff and our restaurant and remains so in our hearts. But I wanted this relationship to be carrying on and not wondering with the power is going to go out, who's calling out sick today, changing the menu. What are we going to do for the holidays? It's very weird. I must say today we're having just had it. We, this is, you know, January now for our first time to cook for two instead of 122. I'm still learning. We, it's a very I can't weird. Do that. We have lots of leftovers. Yeah. We have lots. We were just not there yet with that. So that's a whole other issue, but I have to say that the um, priority became important and it wasn't anything I ever questioned. It was work, always work, which I loved. And I wanted to go out loving it. I did not want to go out burnt, tired, exhausted, unhealthy. And I, and I know, you know, from dance, when I stopped dancing professionally, I wanted to go out on a high and healthy and choosing to stop. And the restaurant, not that we've stopped our industry, but I wanted to leave the industry. I wanted to leave Paley's loving it, not dreading it and that was you, you, know, you we, know we've yeah again i I'm, I'm thinking that we've been speaking about our exit strategy for years but it's like the horizon right oh a couple of years a couple of years but right you reached a couple of year marks and it's another couple of years it's like that you never reach the horizon it's the same way you always things are going things are flowing things are happening you, you know the business is going well you're Vito sees you know, stuff coming out of the ground. The farmer's calling him. He's all psyched, I, I, coming I up with that, menus. Of course, we're not going to share. You know, I mean, he's all the, into it. Those <laughs> things I miss. I, I will miss. But the connections to people, the relationships are still here. You know, I, I can't like not call George or tell him, wish him a happy new year and you know, and our wines and tasting. It's like okay, we could put this on the list. For, I, you know, I, I do. Ha- I do have to say though selfishly the past couple of months before we closed was a reminder an eye-opening reminder of those relationships and the people that have come to support us for so many years and how many of them have reached back out and traveled for miles just to have their last meal and say goodbye to us in person and wish us well um it's a it's a it's a big uh, it, it was a big deal we never thought the little corner house on a corner of Northwest and something, something would create so much lasting uh, memory, so many lasting memories for so many people. For us uh, in particular, it's, it's very special to be able to just, to just say that we've done, we've done something special and hopefully we left the mark on Portland. Hopefully a couple of years from now, it's not going to be like Paley's who? No, it's not going to be that. And I will say this. It's really, I would imagine it's almost impossible right now for you to digest how much, and I mentioned this earlier, 
how much of an impact you've had on everybody because um, I've, I'm not anywhere near as entrenched in the food industry as you are. I'm on the periphery and I am able to look back to the now 11 years when I first approached Kathy Wims and said, let's do this, let's do this event. And I think about all the things that have happened to me since then, traveling, meeting people, going to different restaurants, getting to know you two in a way that's very special. And that's just 10 years of being on the periphery. I can't imagine what it's like to have had it, arguably the premier restaurant in Portland, if you, if you in aggregate over the period of time and have all those incredible people in the industry have come through your kitchen and through the front of the house that you both mentored. It's almost, that's just one part of it. And then you think about all the pleasure that people had in your restaurant over the years, the memories that you created and the good times and, um, and the relief from bad days that you, that you helped um, create for people. Um, it's, it, I, I don't know if you'll ever get a grip on that, um, but it's, I would imagine it's pretty incredible. Nope, and what, by the way, while you were talking, I, don't, I could be wrong, but a lot of restaurants and a lot of restaurateurs closed during COVID and, and it's the landscape has changed. I don't think anybody went out the way you have. And I think your decision was unique because there was some defeat in a lot of those where people left. Well, we, experienced that, we experienced that defeat mm. firsthand downtown. Um, downtown properties were strong. They were thriving prior to COVID, you know, but COVID started and precipitated all the other things that I don't want to speak about that happened downtown. It was about living in a little bit of fear every day. Like, Oh gosh, I hope so-and-so gets home safe. It's late and closing up and um, illness and not being sick or God forbid you, you sneeze and people look at you like, you know, it ended up being like, wow, trepidation about staying healthy, staying vertical, staying healthy and being able to work. 100%. 100%. And our staff actually I have to say at Paley's in downtown in 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 uh, ensuing our our longevity if you will through this covid it's like we got more and more strict. I I wasn't even I mean I heard the mandates, I heard this and mask wearing. We just did it ourselves. I said screw it. I I don't I'm going to require vaccination. I'm going to look at cards at our front area when people came into Paley's. I'm going to require masks. I want everyone healthy. And the staff applauded. And I have to say that it's really about the staff. I mean, it's not just Vitaly and I. It's the team, the kitchen. Everyone's like, we, we talk about things. We, we collectively agree or we don't. And then we pause and we think we come to a decision and it's always collective. Uh, never are we like, you know, taking charge, just saying, nope, this is the way we're going to do it. We, we collectively always made decisions through the past couple of years. We, we really adapted the uh, transparency and leadership through collaboration with our staff throughout this whole process. And it really made a difference. It made a difference for us at Bailey's Place. It also made a difference to, you know, scale back a bit and reflect and understand if there is potential in the future of some sort. But for now, it's, you know, it's important that we are what we are and, we're here because we chose to. Um, and you have a more well-rounded experience, too. Yeah, you have yeah, you yeah. have that to draw on and your yeah. success. So I just yeah. want to point out, and I don't want to stop, but 
when when you talk about the restaurants downtown closing, they, that may have been def- those restaurants closed, but they didn't defeat you. You didn't stop what you were doing because of that. And that, that was my point is mm. you're not leaving with your tail between your legs. And I'm not saying that anybody else did either, but you said it yourselves. Yeah, I, you want to leave on top and you yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. And, and we, you know, I, I, I probably shouldn't say we got defeated. We, we, we got forced into this closure and to reopen full on uh, with the same level of business was unrealistic. Um, those are big machines, big restaurants. Uh, we operated 18 hours out of the day serving breakfast, lunch, dinner, banquets, buffets, holidays were out of control. These are businesses that thrive that depended on the way we used to do business. In order for us to come back, we would have to rethink the entire scope of things. In addition to that, deal with the increased level of health consciousness and all the other things that happen. Uh, in today's world, being able to rehire the right people, um, keep them employed, promise them a full employment without any interruptions. I mean, these are the things that you start thinking about. And how do you get there with that? With that scope? That's why you see the landscape is littered with empty spaces downtown at this point. The smaller places like ours are, are still around. They're going to continue to be around. They're just easier to operate. You know, they're just they just have easier to you know, to claw your way back up if you had to. We also had, a, you know, one, one less layer of, of issues since we own the building. We don't have any issues with dealing with, you know, our landlord. We are the landlord. So, you know, goes like this and then goes like that. <laughs> I've referred to you as the godfather before. Maybe uh, that's it. We own the building. Yeah, no, I, I, and I mean that in a very positive way, meaning yeah. that you're the... I don't mean, you know, you're, you've been around a long time and people look up to you. And, At least um, you said godfather, not grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, good. Yeah, that's a choice. That's a choice you definitely both made. And, um, but, you know, the, in open, if the thought of opening those, the restaurants downtown again, uh, it was, you couldn't possibly do that because it was decisions made on quicksand. You don't know. It's, it was largely dependent on tourism. So, you, you know, at Paley's Place, you can operate with a local clientele. But downtown, you couldn't make – you didn't know when you were going to be able to start making decisions again. It could yeah, be 2026. No, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, we had Paley's Place over the past couple of years. We were, we were able to reopen, I want to say, June, May 2021. You know, that was the first time. But I'm from – but there from, were percentages that yeah, Governor Brown from mandated. The, from the moment, from the moment of closure to the moment of us trying to understand how to do takeout and trying to be creative with the takeout, and to the moment we reopened was probably a full year of of us being creative. And I got to tell you, it it was it was a pretty gratifying time to be able to just go in the kitchen. Um, rethink the whole thing, learn how to put food in boxes, make it look pretty, give people clear instructions how to reheat at home. And they kept on coming back and coming back for more. And we kept on reinventing. I've got menus of just, you know, yeah, I I started making chili and, 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 and chicken moles and just like people can't travel. So we became the couch traveler. We started making Japanese food. We started making old kind Italian food, New York city, Italian. Oh my God. It was honestly, it was like, (laughs) 
anything and everything that we could take our mind off of the reality, unfortunately. But those are the things that helped us. They ground us. They gave us something to look forward to, something that we could actually control. And that was pretty exciting, but it's also gratifying for us and for the people. We've made so many new happy people. There are people that would come to us time and time again, once a week, twice a week, sometimes three times a week. They would buy and they would continue to buy. They would continue to support us all throughout. There was one person I remember at the end, she almost started crying. She says, you know what? My my friends are asking me. They said, where are you going to go? What are you going to eat now? You're going to go hungry. You've been shopping at Haley's for the past two years. You know, and so it's, it's, it's this, it's this, it's this camaraderie. It's again, it's this relationship that we've been able to, you know, those are the things that we miss. And those are the things that we will continue to miss. It's all the good. It's the silver lining that came out of this COVID for us. That was, that was special. And it still is very special. So I, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but these are the things that, that made us who we are, that helped us get through the tough times, helped us. And we are happy and honored to be able to help through the hard times for so many. And food is human um, relationships, eating around a table, even going home. It was tough at the beginning to put things in a paper bag and in boxes. And there was a little bit of depression, like, oh, man, I didn't, you know, the cooks. <laughs> I never got over that depression. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the looking at a dining room and seeing your tables covered in plastic because you're, you know, you don't want to scratch them up with all the to-go packaging and, you know. And the kitchen saying, chef, chef, I didn't train to put food on bo- in boxes. And then we're just rallying them up and saying, "It's oh, look at this beauty and 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 people eating it and handing it them." And we we rotated. Even the guys that cook the food are handing the customer the bag at our front door with the table separating masks on. And I cook. You know, the the cook actually saying, "I did this." Oh, you want another sauce? Here, let me go grab Hunter. Let me go get Caleb. Let me get Mitch. Let me get Luis. They come out and physically talk to them. So now there's this contact and humanness about it, which kind of separated COVID up for a moment. There was this interaction that began at our front door with giving people bags of food to go, but it ended up being a pleasure thing, not a depressing thing. And so that became healthy. And then I started thinking from a front of house, is this the new level of hospitality now? Do we free? <laughs> and I was trying to, you know, we, we weren't thinking of closing. We we're thinking, how do we make this work? This was the opportunity that Kimberly was talking about. We were basically handed an opportunity to, to help reinvent ourselves. But was it an operational and a sustainable long-term business model? Those two things. And would you have not, chosen that opportunity? I, no, no, you no, would no, not. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> And, and you know what, you, I never think of you on the periphery, periphery, you are part of the dining scene because you go and eat it. it, it as I said to customers, <laughs> you never, no, truly the gratitude, we would never have lasted unless diners came to eat or take away, you know, we would have never, ever existed. I- so that, that I can I can only eat so much, according to my cardiologist. And I didn't do a really great job out here in Manzanita supporting Portland. But what I tried to do over the time was encourage people yeah. how awesome it was to go eat at what we had that was special in Portland. I'm hoping we still have it. But what we had that was so darn special. And I that's one thing that I can say that I think I did fairly well was hi- highlight all the wonderful people and and less the food the food is all great but it's about it's what you were talking about being around a table 
You know, I would bet you, uh, maybe you can reflect back to, when did you open Paley's Place? What year? 1995. 95. That's what I thought, 95. February 95. So one of one of the things I learned when I started doing my little thing was I saw, oh, we can meet chefs and have great food. But it didn't take me long to go to think this, the most awesome part about this is people connecting over food at the table, yep. becoming friends and watching that happen. And, you know, now I'm watching them travel together to, you know, internationally because they they made friends over food. I would bet you probably went through the same thing when you opened your first restaurant, when you were thinking, this is the menu, this is how we're going to, this is how the, the design of the restaurant, and you hadn't yet thought of people until they all came in and sat down and you got to watch the joy of them enjoying your food. Absolutely. That immediate feedback uh, has, has kept us going for all these years, that, that ability to create special moments to help create special moments to people to give them, you know, and to give ourselves an opportunity. We're, we're selfish. We love that. And that was, that's the good part about restaurant business. You know, that's, that's but, why but, you get into it in the first yeah. place. And, and I have to say it is a business. The restaurant business is a business. So back in the day when you open, you know, you have margins to make payroll to do. I mean, there's all those costs. So you start talking about butts and seats you know, how many, you, you, and I never wanted to refer to people like that in terms of, uh, uh, um, what is that, like a number, how many covers, a number, because we knew there was a bottom line we had to meet. We knew there was a number we had to get to, to, to pay our bills. But if you, we took that approach, of course, otherwise we would never have survived and we would have to cut back a little or buy this or tighten up the menu and not splurge on certain things just to make our that, bottom line. It didn't work, work with me. I splurged <laughs> on things all the time. So we always got, she, the, she puts me on shopping probation every day. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, how's, that, how's, that, how's that working in quote? I'm going to call it quote unquote retirement because I yeah. know you're not going to just really retire. Well, the but how's that working every, now? Is he, he, is he on yeah. Amazon all the time? Yes. No, no. Yes. <laughs> How many pairs of slippers do you want? <laughs> no. Well, so, but slippers is a good thing. Since COVID started, I got into a watch thing. That that's oh. a little more expensive. Yeah. He did too. The the the. What's oh yeah. It called? No, I got I got the new iWatch this the year. Apple <laughs> thing. Yeah. That's not a watch. That's Apple, a device. Apple Thank watch. You. Except yes, exactly. That's it, not a watch. It, it here, tells I'll, me. I'll show you. It reminds me to breathe. So it's good. I like it. Nah, you need something that's no, it's time for you to be analog, right? You don't want to have a digital life any well, maybe. I, I don't. Uh, I, I dream I dream of the moment when I can actually unclutter my computer, get rid of my emails, and perhaps get rid of my social media presence and just unplug for a minute. Um, because those are the things that were there for us as a vehicle to help promote the business. Uh, but on a personal level, I probably have never gotten used to the fact that I see so many people sharing things. Sometimes they're questionable content, whether they need to be sharing those things or not. I don't want to live everybody's life and, and, or, and, know and, about or, or I want them to live mine. You know, I, I want them to, I want them to live their own lives, but who, who am I? I'm not Gen X or Gen Z or millennial. I'm just a, I'm just a guy that was born in the digital world and got used to and to the to the analog world and got used to the digital and and learned the digital world. I'm with you. We have to stop and think. So I want to talk a little bit about you mentioned. Zooming. We're zooming. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we're zooming, right? This is, uh, but it, you know, I, I love having you in the studio. When we had you in the studio, I miss that, but I've I've gotten used to this, and it gives one more opportunities. Like you may not have come into the studio, yeah. So, um, but I want to talk a little bit. Uh, Kimberly mentioned that you she had a chance to have a cup of coffee right there, sipping right now, mm-hmm. uh, and enjoy. It's now twelve forty four, and you two are sipping. Coffee. How many times did that happen in the last 27 years? It didn't. We tried to, he got out of the house earlier. I got out of the house by noonish and then, you know, got home when I got home at wee hours. But I have to say, um, we got this wonderful um, uh, thing on our phones, both of us from uh, from one of our downtown partners from, you know, our restaurants downtown. Amazing guy. Um, he's just wonderful. If I can say his name, Bashar, great man. But he's, he, he sends this thing and says, in case you're wondering, today is Tuesday. <laughs> and he's so in the restaurant mind because I would talk to staff. We checked in. Happy New Year. And it's like, is this Saturday? Is this a Friday? That's been the hardest the past few weeks since we've shut down since end of uh, you know November, early December. And, and we cleaned. So we were around the whole month of December cleaning, winding down. But the weirdest thing is we don't know what day it is. Like this is a Saturday night. Wow. So that's been, I'm not there yet. And yes, I'm having coffee and I have to think about what day it is. I don't know what day it is just because we're not working. Do you have days where you have nothing planned that you just let the day flow? Yeah. Because that's pretty awesome if you can, when you can do that. (laughs) She she looks and says, do we? (laughs) I could show you my calendar. There's, there's nothing there. There's like, you know, national holidays are on it. That's about it. (laughs) I have to say, Chris, closing, closing down is a million trillion times harder than ever opening this this closing down marketing the building getting it um you know ready to sell um having people walk through um our inventory every cutlery our staff cleaning their guts out from the bar you could lick the ceilings at paley's right now not that we were ever we're really pretty anal and clean anyway that's that's a nice menu item (laughs) yeah (laughs) It's very um, immaculate and and wonderfully ready for people to come through and walk through. And we go about three times a week, even now, four times a week. Actually, we check in. Um, I have the yard being groomed there. Uh, We keep it clean and immaculate. We still have our office going. Um, We have a few leases on, you know, i.e. the printer, the dishwasher, an ice machine, you know, that we had to wrap up and get out. I mean, there's a lot of closure. Uh, there, it takes it takes months. a little bit of time to unravel yeah. 26, almost 27 years of history in that building. So we're not totally out of the woods, not totally done. But I do have to say that we don't have the same level of being busy, the same level of Oh, cooking, of, and of cooking and planning a menu, staff and, yeah. and being there for of course. Different. Have you had time to talk about what you're going to do this summer? Because I thought about it. This was not. I mean, in terms of times to to get out, it's raining outside, and that's yeah. great. You're going to get to enjoy time together inside. Have We're you had any time much, to think about where you're going to go? Day, not yet. We're pretty much still, and we have been. And I don't know if this is good or bad, or we have to change our 
our mental scopes in our brains, but we're very much, and we have been day by day. That's how we've been working. Every day is a new day. Like how I, every day would be new. And so it kind of kept us refreshed and weather wise or not working and having been, having to be in service. Uh, the other day we were trapped at our home. We had snow. So um, and I was worried about you down in um, by the coast because they had the winds and everything. And I heard snow. Yeah. How um, is that seeing the snow yeah, on the, on on the, the beach? ocean? That must have been amazing. <laughs> well, we were supposed listen, to go to the beach, actually, but we never made it. I got some good pictures from nine, from 2014. But listen, after move, I, the, the impetus for moving here was largely weather driven. I'd had enough in the northeast of snow and having the 20 times, 25 times a year, having to call the plow company to plow my gravel all into the lawn. I had enough. This was a, this was a treat. I had my kids here, my, my son's here, my girlfriend here, it snowed and I didn't care. I mean, you couldn't get up my driveway for a couple of days. And it was the one time I really didn't even, that didn't even phase me, but it snowed on the beach. We got snow on the beach too. Um, Not as much as we got in 2014. I can send you a really cool picture of my dog on the all white beach (laughs) with the white mountain in the background. That was cool. But no, listen, don't be concerned about me. We got some pretty heavy wind, but I'm in a, I'm in a nice place and I'm, I'm comfortable. Hey, Chris, pausing a moment here to talk about one of our favorite places in Portland to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Portland Steakhouse for over 75 years. The Peterson family has been, I think they're in the third generation now. Um, and uh, it is one of the consummate places to go eat. And right now, in the midst of just another little bit of a scare i call it a little bit because we hope it's over soon but if you're looking for safe opportunities to dine uh, ringside has one of the nicest outdoor warmed dining spaces or under a tent uh, that you can find they've really done a nice job um, it's not on macadam they actually put a, a floor down as well um, and you get that great ringside service and fantastic ringside food outside um, in uh, a really nice dining space. Of course, they're still open inside in the restaurant and the bar, and, and they also have takeout as well, uh, which is offered Wednesday through Sunday until 9 p.m. They have to go. You can call and place your order beginning one hour uh, prior to the start of business, which would be generally either 4 or 5 o'clock. And Chris, let's not forget about talking about the three-course prime rib Wednesday, where for 48 bucks you get uh, their great prime rib along with uh, mixed greens and then something for dessert, which is the creme brulee, which is one of my favorites. So that's on Wednesdays, the three-course prime rib. Very nice. Portland's best steakhouse, and they've been there forever. Uh, in terms of restaurant life, even more than forever. Uh, Ringside Steakhouse, you can find them at ringsidesteakhouse.com and you can find them at 2165 West Burnside in Portland as well with valet parking. Yep, you can set up your reservations there or use that open table app. You know, you've got a beautiful spot too. You've got a sanctuary where you live and I know that and you're going to, I'm, excited for you that you're really going to get to enjoy it. Not that you didn't before, but there's a certain something in knowing you don't have to leave in an hour or, or yeah. 
This we lasts just, for another day. We, we were take, we're now taking longer hikes and walks. The fatigue is a different fatigue. Um, emotional fatigue is different than physical fatigue. Um, and when we, our walks provide, talk about a sanctuary in our mind to chill out. We come up with solutions. We, uh, we, we take insane hikes up behind our house in Forest Park. We just did a snow one that we intend to go out for like an hour. Um, we have ice trekkers. And wow, we, we went out for an hour. It was three hours. We forgot the scary. ice trekkers, so oh. we were slipping and sliding, but it was fun. It was fun. And, and like at some point, you're like three the, hours the later. The muscles we didn't oh, know yeah. started to hurt. We yeah. didn't know we existed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to find more and more of those as time yeah. goes on. Yeah. You've been using the same muscles every day for years. At, at, I, I do have your, to say, though, work. I do yeah. have to say, though, that the first thing I notice, and sometimes you don't notice when it when it doesn't happen, but my feet don't hurt anymore. <laughs> they used to hurt every day. Um, Do you think if maybe if you knew when you stopped, they weren't going to they weren't going to hurt anymore? You might have stopped a little earlier. I did, yeah, no, I thought it was just the old man's aches and pains. They just come with come with come with the territory. But and we know. live pretty conservatively. We're not, um, you know, with work. Maybe that's been an excuse. Um, and we have taken vacations, obviously, over all these years. But I don't know why. I still don't have the answer. Maybe you can help me out with this. When we are at the restaurant, it flies, it goes. And when we're not, we always get a little bit of grief. Oh, you're not there. Oh, well, who's cooking? And Vitaly's line is the same people that cook when I am there. You know, it's it's the same. And and that's been a, a journey as well through all this uh, years of Paley's and, and in any restaurant um, with the chefs. You, ha- you have a good team and you have to trust them to execute your vision, execute your hospitality, do their thing, having you mentored or trained them. So it can be a well-oiled machine to happen without you physically there every second. But for me personally, it, it when I came back into the restaurant, uh, came back into the kitchen full time, after the closure of our downtown and really jumped in head first into the kitchen again, got my burns back and calluses back and all that stuff. And it was just a welcome change to be able to just day in and day out, work with the guys, work with the, work with the staff, be there together. It was, it was a pretty special experience. We will, we will all remember it for a long time, trying to navigate to the, COVID minefield of bullshit, as I like to call it, made a lot more easier by having so many relationships, so many people that have been with us, so many like-minded folks that at a moment's notice came in and did what they were supposed to do. It was pretty special. And it wasn't only inside Paley's place. It was, you know, all your industry brothers and sisters were going through the same thing. So you had them, you know, a a lot of shoulders to cry on and a lot of yeah. you know, feedback opportunities. We have the um, whole world of, of people in our industry to commiserate with. For sure, we're going through the exact same things. Absolutely. Around the whole country the with whole everything, world. with the restaurant industry. It's been a very interesting, uh, I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball to see where it goes, but it, it has to change and it is. And unfortunately, we don't want it to be COVID changed. We want us to embrace it and come up with our own creative ways to, again, 
get to people through their stomachs, through food, through taste, through smell, through our senses. We're primal creatures and those speak to us and those what keep us kind of marching and keep us hungry and, and adventurous. The deck, of, the deck of cards in the restaurant business has definitely gotten reshuffled. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're seeing a lot more diversity, creativity of how people apply it. But I, but I think the, the face of hospitality has changed. Um, it, it, it's going to continue to evolve. Um, it's, it's gotten difficult to be able to, you know, how do you, how do you decipher? Do you check vaccination cards? Do you, it's, is it, is it like checking ID cards? Is it, is it what, what's, what's the new face of hospitality? Are we a bouncer? Am I a bouncer? What's the, the new face yeah. of hospitality? And I, and again, I, I go back to like, if it was 10 years ago, we'd jump right through all the hoops and try and figure it out. But we'll let the youngins do it these days. I think, I think they'll need to, they'll need to understand how, how to be that, all of that. Plus, so how do you how do you feel Portland is you feel not just Portland, but the industry, but specifically Portland has some of its own challenges uh, specific to the city. Uh, do you think it's You know, wages of wage situations have changed. Um, there's a lot going on out there that, w- that was not occurring four or five years ago when we were already starting to talk about minimum wage and front of the house versus back of the house challenges. Now it's all out there. And do you think that it's at some point there's going to be an answer to it? Is there, or is it always going to be a constant we, we have, challenge? We applaud the changes. The changes needed to happen. They have been in the makings for quite longer than four or five years. And I think COVID just expedited quite a bit of stuff that needs to be out, needs to be dealt with. Um, where is but it from a work? restaurant operator standpoint, it's really hard with small margins to make it, this a go. It is. So it has to be a two-way street. It has to be from a consumer perspective. They have to understand the, the inner workings of what we do. And it has to be us who have to figure out how to behave within this new environment. It's got to go both ways. It can't just be a restaurant. A, a, a pint of strawberries can only cost so much or a taco or in a Mexican salad. restaurant can only yeah. cost so much or else we're not paying for it. I think there's got to be a give and take that everyone needs to pitch in. Everyone needs to understand the true costs of doing business from a consumer perspective, not just from us as restaurant owners. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with with Bonnie and Israel at Kachka now that they've decided again to do what others have tried in the past, which is just to put a service charge on. And I I just really have I just can't imagine that people can't wrap their mind around that and just say, "Okay, I'll do that. It's it's a European model. It's been done there for years. So I'm I'm curious to see if that's going to work because when you say people need to, yeah, consumers need to. I don't know if they're capable of no, doing you're that. Right, you're right. it's There's, a mindset they have yeah, to change yeah. and a behavior. And change is difficult for, at all ages. You're used to something. You have a little uncertainty, a little fear now, and then all of a sudden, on top of it, to have to change a model of how you basically perform, pay. Um, the service industry of tipping is very, very. Uh, tenuous and, 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 and as well as Vitaly was saying, it, it needed some uh, evolvement 
not to disappear, but to evolve into a better model. We're seeing all kinds of issues with what they call these days, the supply chain broken, being broken down. And I think all of us uh, has, have been dependent on things that need to travel from afar. I, I, our model of operation at Payless has always been shorten the supply chain, go directly to the source where you need to go. That's why farm to table movement is not just a movement. It's a way of life. It has to grow. It has to continue. It has to perpetuate. And it's sustainable. And it's yeah. also sustainable. Yeah, it's great. So, so when you try to talk about you know, the real cost that's involved is you see where the money goes, you see who benefits from it. The food tastes more delicious. It's fresher. It's better for you. It's better for the planet. It's been less handled been less through ha- middlemen. I mean, all these things have to like, okay, you can't totally eliminate the supply chain. You need the like plastic. lemons you need, or whatever. No, you need the plastic wrap. <laughs> yeah. You need the aluminum yeah. foil. You need the French mustard. You know, you need some things that we're used to. But to have less of those and more of the ones that you can find locally, that's where you're going to find the, the, the scale. But also going to pay real cost for real product, and it's going to go to the real person. That's that's the difference that we all need to understand. Uh, the other day, this is right before we closed. One of our staff brought a box of this is right around Halloween, bought a bag of candy, and she said, "Look, at all of this, only cost me a buck fifty. And I'm looking at it. I was like, "The packaging costs more on this candy than we're paying." What is the true cost of this and who is absorbing it and where, how far, how far does this rabbit hole need to go to understand this process? It's not up to us anymore. We're, you know, we're, we're going to be, as you call it, on the periphery of this thing, observing how this thing evolves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling you're always going to be emotionally involved with watching it, but I'm curious. I don't want to take a lot of your time, but I really want to get, we can talk industry. You're out of the industry now and the two of you are there. Looking very comfortable, I must say. And um, so uh, I don't know about reflection, but you two, when I look at you, I see a love story. I see a beautiful love story on what you two have done, how long you've been together. Look at you. I I want that picture right there. And I don't have my, (laughs) I didn't take the screenshot. But you two, you are a beautiful love story. And anybody knows that it's not easy to, one of marriage isn't easy and working together isn't easy. And you have, I've never seen you. And of course I'm not with you in your private moments, but I've never seen you do anything other than look at each other with stars in your eyes. And I think that's fantastic. So a couple of things that I want to ask, are you, do you need alone time now? Now that you're, you were kind of operating, you said it yourself, Vito would leave early in the day and you'd go later. I mean, like I need my, I call it Kimmy time. Okay. (laughs) I need Kimmy time once in a while just to have my own uh, thoughts, um, not be doing, doing, doing. I'm very much a doer, as we probably all know, and to pause and to do nothing is quite difficult. And it's very healthy. And doing nothing doesn't mean you're lazy. That's one thing I've I've wrapped my head around. Doing nothing is okay. I mean, I'm not saying lazy sit around the house, keep, you know. Right. But but you're the the alone time. I don't know. Is, giving us the permission to drink coffee at twelve thirty, uh, one o'clock. I think it's okay. Yeah, no, but it's okay. I, I'm gonna I want to go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Vito would used to say, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take off on my bike. I'm going to go. I'm going to take a ride. I go, fantastic, my love. I'm going to do this. So we have our our person. I would call it personal time. Um, 
because you don't want to smother and you want to have breathing and you want to have your own personal time and that's okay. And, and knowing that you're going to come back to and hear about each other's little adventure that they just had, whether I take this certain walk or he goes on this crazy bike ride. It's awesome to come back and share that. It's really about, you know, again, the relationship and sharing and you're right, not working is different. Even at work, it's funny. You're saying this at work, I would crave to see Vito because when we're working, it is work. I, 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 he, he's a body. We're both working. We have a job to do. But on Sundays when we'd be off, I was like, oh, it's so great to see you, you know, really see you and talk and have, you know, discussion. But, um, you know, we, we, it was difficult sometimes at work. There was, our voices got raised and the staff would be like, whoa, you know, but we were very careful and professional, but the alone time is important. We all need that. I mean, I is, it, is it scheduled or do you just kind of, oh, I'm going to go out and do this now. And um, it's that it's not. Scheduled. Again, it's a day by day. It's pouring rain. We have a window of not. Maybe we'll throw on some hiking shoes and, and, and take a good walk around the neighborhood and just get some lung uh, air in our lungs. But I do. I do. I, I do want to add that we love spending time with one another oh we, yeah we, we don't we don't necessarily want to do things on our own if unless we want to do them on our own and that's and that's a, and that's that, a, that's a welcome we like challenge. hanging yeah. out we like hanging out there, there are days that's where we're inseparable i know that's why i said it's a love story and i, I think <laughs> it's incredible i don't even need to ask whether your marriage was is better now or the day that you started Paley's Place? We all know it's better now that you've built such a lovely time together. Uh, and I'll say this, which I don't know if you can see yet, but I've always been, it's, it's impossible to tell anybody in the restaurant business this, but I've always been, a, I think people are way too busy. And they're so busy, in fact, that opportunities go by the wayside because they're on a treadmill and they're doing yeah. the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I'm not saying I'm an expert at this, but I'm an expert at leaving openings for things to happen. I'm pretty good at, you know, I never had a business plan. And, and I think now that you two have some time to sit around, things are going to come your way. Not necessarily fly into your door, but you're gonna you're gonna have realizations that maybe we can do this, or people are gonna come to you and that wouldn't have come to you when you had your restaurants because they know you're too busy. People they have. Say, you know, they have you know, you know, Chris, I, I, I've they said have. this, I've said this already a couple of times to some other people that have been, what's next? What's next? What are you gonna do? And I'm like, if you let a life in and give give in, let the opportunities come your way. It will. We came out to Oregon in 1994 on a one-way ticket with no plan. We knew we wanted a restaurant and we knew it had to be in Oregon. It wasn't even in Portland, just in Oregon. As we let this opportunity in, it happened. And we're a little older now, so we can't like totally be as reckless as we were 27 years ago. Um, but if you let the life present itself, Sometimes it does in very surprising and um, joyous ways, you know, it's, it's and I uh, think to both yeah. of what you're saying is that now yeah. our choices are not because we have to, it's because we choose to, we want to, and that's a different, 
maybe it's getting older or younger, but it's we're choosing to do a yes or a no to things as opposed we had to. We 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 have we we have work. We have this. We need to, you know, pay this bill. So it's different now. Um, we're. We're no longer, I'm no longer building up my name or building up my career. I'm no longer looking for advancement. I just would love to enjoy uh, the joys that the cooking and relationships and being with people brings. Those are the things that are important these days. Those are the gives, give me uh, a joy and satisfaction. It's, 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 it's important that, Every day goes by, we do what makes us happy or else it doesn't count. Uh, have you been out to eat in Portland over the last month very often? Uh, we no, have not, been actually. Cooking we, insanely. Cooking <laughs> insanely. It's fun to plan a meal for two now on a daily basis. And what happens in the process, we were just discussing what we're going to eat this weekend. We have some chicken thighs in the fridge. I have some goose fat that I rendered from cooking a goose for Christmas. Our first Christmas goose. Oh my God. It, it was, was so crazy. good. Uh, we're crazy. like, Hey, we're craving for some sushi. Well, let's go find a really good place where we can buy some really good seafood. I've got some, I need to still learn how to make sushi rice correctly. So that's on my docket to do. Um, we've got some really nice uh, nori at home. So we'll make our own little sushi rolls. I've got a beautiful bottle of sake. I don't know. We don't really have a craving of like lasagna to, this to, weekend. Oh, lasagna. Oh, that's right. We were shopping to make some really nice gluten-free lasagna on <laughs> Sunday. Um, it, it's, it's, we have, we have, we used to go out, I don't know, once a week, once every couple of weeks. Whenever, yeah, all the time because we'd be exhausted. Before so COVID started. But I, yeah. but I think that that habit kind of went away and we've all learned how to be a little bit more crafty at home uh, with what we have and, um, and, and Omicron it, does. It's a it's a concern right now. These variants and what's happening. It's a concern to yeah. be hanging out. I don't want to. I don't know. And you don't around you don't really and, know what's what's best. You yeah. just go out there and get a disease and get it over with. You, you know, just get or, it, get it like a cold. If we're all vaccinated you know, and boosted, are we all going to be OK? Just get it. Have the flu kind of symptoms and move on. Uh, that's another tenuous uh, area that we're just literally just getting into right now. Um, it, travel. it doesn't so, seem to stop travel, yeah. yes. but it's but it's good to know that we closed at the right moment uh we we left while everyone was healthy um we you didn't know, know about omicron when we were gonna shut down that was just it's starting. yet another layer in addition to the bad weather we just had that would have been incredibly difficult to deal with through the holidays again it was yeah. tough Last year, and, and I remember when we got a big old storm, Valentine's, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Man, that was hard. I remember we just, we rallied, we pulled through, we asked if all our customers could come and pick up their stuff because we weren't open. Prior to the storm starting, we got lucky. We were able to get it all done and then went home and hunkered down for a week. Lost power it's, like everybody else did. Lost it was, power, everything. It was, you know, and, and we weren't looking forward to doing it again this year. That was really one of the other things that, like, I can't go through another holiday season in the snow. We got Valentine's. We got boxes. Yeah. We decorated them with yeah. hearts. Every reservation, I called every single person, myself and my staff, front of house. We got on the phones. We called every single reservation. You're going to do takeaway? Oh, that's great. They came. They purchased it just like they would have whatever their order was. 
and we did it to go. And, and I've never had more gratitude with thank yous and responses. And, you know, Vitaly, he's so generous. He adds a little this, a few truffles here or mushrooms here or something wonderful that we had extra of or a certain kind of um, result. I don't know, whatever he would have as a product. And people loved it as gifts. And they had the best Valentine dinner. We had instructions and they cooked it at home, stayed safe, and no one could go out. We had a snowstorm, but we still won. We still had income. We still provided pleasure. And there was, you know, a day by day kind of decision what to do just shut, hang it up, lose it all. No, how are we going to make it work? That it's going to be nice in the face of those challenges to just worry about yourselves yeah. and, and, and not feel the, the pressure of everybody else. So I'm curious if you're open to new things and, you know, you're just, this is new to you. I, I acknowledge you haven't really been able to settle down. The dust is still settling, but could you ever see yourself, yourselves leaving Portland, like saying, I want to go to France, back to France. Um, are you are you Portlanders for life? Um, and you don't need to commit. Your answer isn't a commitment. I'm just that's too hard of a commitment, <laughs> there, Chris. I don't think we know exactly what to do. Portland's been our home for the past. I, I, me personally, I've lived in Portland longer than I've lived any place else in life. So for me, Portland is home. Whether it's going to remain home for the rest of my life, I don't know. Whether it's going to be part of the homes that we would have or come back to. Perhaps I again, it's this one day at a time mentality that we adopted that seemed to work for us. We the only plan we have right now is to go to New York to see my mom in March. Uh, we have tickets to go see David Byrne in America and Utopia. And oh, that's nice. about it. We, we don't even we have plane tickets and a ticket concert and a concert ticket. We don't even have a place to live yet. So that's, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there here in the next couple of days, I think. Fantastic. So. I need to ask you, and this is putting you on the spot, but maybe you have an answer. Between the two of you, you can, you can come up with it. It's, it's kind of like when the server comes over and says, are you ready to order? And I'll say, you go ahead while I think about it. Um, <laughs> what, are you, what is the secret to your love? What is the secret to, um, if people could benefit at all through what you've learned over the years, what is that? What, 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 what could you tell people? that would help. Listen, truly listen. But truly listen and forgive quickly. Forgive quickly and kiss slowly, kiss slowly, <laughs> Quick kiss and run away. Anger kiss slowly. I don't mean make out. I mean, kiss slowly, truly listen and forgive quickly. And be careful about what you say. Um, I think I heard this regarding Betty White's departure. She said in an interview, don't be mean. Don't say mean, hurtful things to people because it sticks. It sticks. And I thought, huh. So I, you know, instead of being mean and saying something, you know, you just have to take that moment not to because it'll stick forever. It's not going to go away what you said. You can forgive, but that that language would be there forever. So I think for us, and I'll speak for me, is it's about liking the person, like really liking them. There's things, of course, we don't like about each other. This bugs me. I bug him about things. But it's not so much as, you know, to end our marriage. Um, I, there's still this, this history and that I can't erase 
but there's a, like, you have to really like to hang out with the person. I said to Vitaly, the only reason I said yes, when we got married and it was very weird, I definitely love you more now than I did when we got married. I know that's weird, okay. sounding, but that's good. <laughs> but, oh, you got lucky, Vito. <laughs> I got lucky, yeah. But, but I looked at him back in the day when we got married, and this was 88. By the way, we just had our 33rd anniversary, December 27th. So we just had it a few weeks uh, ago. Congratulations. But I looked at him and I, I thought, I want to look at these eyes when I'm 80. We're getting there. We're pretty close. I'm not close to 80. <laughs> but I wanted to look. I wanted to know. I want to know what this guy is like at 80. I mean, yeah, I could be with other guys. He could be with other women. But I would be always, I would all, I just want to know what this person is like. Look into this person's eyes and, and see them at 80. I want to roll over in bed and look at this face, you know, till, till we're gone in the world. And as I say, we have this much time on the planet and I want to value that and spend as much as we time we can. And time is just so precious. And that's one of the reasons I had this clarity about not wanting to continue with Pavies. The priority was this guy or myself and us, not the restaurant, not worrying about the staff and the kitchen and the business and the, you know, revenue. And, oh, I just had this shift in priority and maybe that's age. You, you tell me, Chris, you probably have experience in life and work. And but I feel I'm, I'm I, only 35. What are you talking I, about? <laughs> yeah. we're, we're all 30 something, Chris. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> get it straight, please. Hey, 35 is the new 60. So there you go. Yeah. We're all 30 something. But yeah, I think <laughs> listening and, 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 and really liking the person. If you don't really like the person, don't waste your time. Don't try to make it work. Don't expect people to change for them to be this way or that way. You have to really go to their core and really respect and like them. And, um, you know, and if they're a good kisser, it's a bonus. <laughs> well, we just have to, we have to assume then. That, uh, <laughs> So it's really hard for me to stop this because then my next question, I'd love to ask, you know, if you remember with the most loving thing that you each did for each other, I could go on forever. So um, if anything like that comes to mind. Most loving thing, the most loving thing, surprise, surprises at certain occasions like the helicopter ride or or like, like Vital, you know what made me look, remember that crazy dinner where I, you said, meet me here. You, you know, in I, New York. I, I don't know if we can, I don't know <laughs> what qualifies as the most loving, <laughs> loving thing, thing, but I think, but I think caring daily, not taking anything for granted. Um, There's me, so me, many. Me, me going downstairs in the pouring rain, picking up a newspaper and bringing it home and putting it on the table. My New York Times. <laughs> when when she wakes up, it's right there, ready to go. Or Kimberly making, setting up the tea uh, and 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 putting water in a kettle the night before. So all I have to do is turn it on and pour it. I mean, these are the little things that, or making coffee and setting the right time of day to, to you know, it. Th those are the things that, I think on a daily basis, those loving things that give you comfort. And they're um, not expected or required. It's just you start behaving that way and it brings you pleasure as much as the other I think person. it's the little mm -hmm. things really are the most loving things, really. 
I think, and you know, it, it comes to mind that you're two of the people that I know who've reached the pinnacle of hospitality, which is, which is taking the utmost unselfishness and, and finding ways to make people happy. Well, now you get to direct that only at each other. As opposed to, I mean, daily, you were just trying to make everybody else happy through, and that's what made you happy. It was well, slightly but, selfish. But selfishly, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it gives us pleasure. We wouldn't do this unless it gave us pleasure to give and to receive in the process. It fed us, it gave us the energy. Again, it's this collaborative effort on everyone's part. We fed off the energy of our people, of our customers, of our staff, of our farmers, everyone we work with. It's 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 it was this it was this thing that continued to to, to give us joy. So we kept on doing it. That was the th- that's the thing that we're going to miss. Frankly, it's is is. And we, I think you're going to find it. I think you're going to find it. You're going to miss it in that form, but you will. It's going to find you, and you'll find it. I, I f- firmly believe that. As a matter of fact, I would love. Not that I'm looking a gift horse in the mouth, but I would love to check in with you in a year to yes. just talk about yes. what this year's yes. been like. Or sooner. Yes, yes, yes. All right, well, the first episode of 2023, isn't it unbelievable? <laughs> Do you remember, you're, we're all similar ages. I'm a little older than you two. But do you remember when going through life, you used to look at the year 2000 as like, that's the, that's like, it. And that's yeah. as far as you could see. Oh, yeah. turning, and over, big, turning over that big number was definitely a big we deal. We did a yeah. big celebration. But, no one, but who looked beyond that? Who looked to 2010 or 2020? It was all about that. And we're a certain age, so other people aren't going to feel this. But now we're at 2020. And I made the point the other day that we're as far 22. from 2000. I'm sorry. Well, I meant we're into this decade, 2022. But we're so then we're as close to the year 1990, as we are to the year 19 or 2054. Yeah. Right. And 1990 doesn't seem that far ago. And 2054, man, is like. Seems like, yeah, way out. Yeah. <laughs> I hear yeah. that. That's so funny. anyway, that's irrelevant. But there's a lot. It goes to the point that there's a lot of time left. And I'm so glad that you two made the choice to just chill out and enjoy it. And I think so many wonderful things are going to come into your lives as a result of that, that you can't even see now. And I think you know that, but, uh, and that's why you did this. You want to give yourself some room to, to breathe. So precisely. I, I, I sincerely thank you for agreeing to do this and taking the time out of your coffee time. <laughs> uh, but the, you know what? I don't feel as guilty now because you have, I, I'm assuming you have a little bit of time to do this. So it's, Sincerely, my pleasure, and I and I think I'll speak on behalf of all of our listeners. A pleasure for everybody to get to know you two a little bit better and to hear what you have to say at this point in your uh, in your wonderful lives. And our pleasure as well, absolutely, our pleasure as well. So let's get together and break some bread at some point, one place or another. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll find a way to do that. All right, thank you so much, and. Enjoy the rest of your coffee and the chicken thighs. Those sound good. <laughs> what I, how, that's the thing. I know wherever anybody's eating, uh, you two are going to be eating really well. So uh, good for you. 
We do. And, uh, we, we, we plan one, meals. It's like we, it feels like we live back in France because you wake up every day when we lived in there, you, you wonder what's for dinner, how are we going to do it? And that's the mindset. And we're doing it now. The, and it's so awesome. The meals every- at Paley's household will always be, the, yeah. the, they were always very simple. They will continue to be simple, but I promise they'll be all delicious. Yes. Yeah. So one of, one of the highlights of my life in Oregon was when you invited me over to dinner at one, one night and I it was just so beautiful and it was it was the nicest experience and just the grace of your inviting me over i thought that was maybe you and wonderful. your girlfriend can come again we'll, we'll do it again let's do it again. oh that would be wonderful and i got one other that i was thinking about that we never got to do let's i would love to see if we can just set as a just throw this little dart out there i would love to dine with you at kate hill's kitchen because I was able to do that because of you. You introduced me and my son and I. So these are the experiences. My son and I went to meet her and she showed us around and we never got to do the trip that we were going to do together. But it doesn't have to be that big trip. But that was that was a beautiful yeah. evening there, too, as well as your place. Yeah. It would be really nice if we could somehow converge over there. I, I would buy the plane tickets and and make the arrangements uh, to make sure we were there to sit down and eat with you. That would be a special treat. It would be. We're due for a trip to France. Yeah, we are. Hopefully, We've been talking about it. Hopefully we can all start, start traveling safely and get to where we need to be and not worry. I think so. Well, safe travels and bon voyage. Thank you. <laughs> As Thank well. You. As well. A bientôt. Merci bien. Happy New Year. Happy joyous ha- 2022. Happy, happy New Year. New Year. I, I can't think back to my seventh grade French education well enough to uh, Bon anniversaire. Is, is bon anniversaire. Like oui? There you go. I was close. Bon, bon année. Bon année. Bon, bon année. And I actually, I think I said that to uh, Aaron Barnett the other day. I was, uh, but I use Google Translate. One of yeah. the beautiful things in the world. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> All right. Thank you so thank much. You, you two, you you two be well, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. We will talk again. Ciao. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Mm-hmm.